<coughs> oh, music. Wow. We have music, and that is the voice of uh, Dr. Richard Christie, former mayor of our city, Kitchener, and also a long-term professor, uh, uh, associate professor of sociology at Wilfrid Laurier University. And um, I'm here also with uh, Andrew Noble, who's our producer. Uh, Andrew can uh, pipe in anytime he likes. He's always got some helpful insights for our conversations. But Richard, you're also part of our men's Bible study that we have on Monday morning here. We've got about 12, 13 men, and um, it, the topic isn't ostensibly about men, but we find that we apply some of the things we're learning to the male circumstance, and you know what I mean. Uh, so you have done a lot of work in reading and lecturing and writing on a subject that is pretty hot right now in our culture and within the church, and that has to do with uh, masculinity. The um, What does it mean to be a man? Where are the men? Where did they go? Um, how can the church shape in its discipleship initiatives, how can we teach sound biblical uh, doctrine about what it means to be a man in the home, in the church? And I just want to throw that on the table and see what your thoughts are. Can you pick up on one of those? Yes, I can. In 1992, a group of students from Laurier asked me if there was any literature on men's lives, because at that time there was a number of courses on gender and women. And since 1992, I created a course which I think is the only course in Canada, actually, entitled mm -hmm. The Sociology of Men and Masculinities. And this is a review of the literature on men's lives, particularly when they've been impacted by the feminist movement itself. Because when we talk about masculinity, we have to talk about more than one type of masculinity. There's traditional masculinity, which is usually what our grandfathers and fathers were told to be sort of macho men whose main role were as providers and protectors. Now, in sociology, we're interested in social change, changes in values, mores, folkways, and laws that lead to, if you like, a new set of ideas about men and masculinity. So Robert Blau, Blau excuse me, Robert Blythe, in his book, Iron John, observing the women's movement, said what we are creating is soft males who are looking for strong women in order to help them live their lives. So it's a reversal of what mm -hmm. you used to see, that is, strong men who were committed to providing and protecting women and children. And the whole question is, where is this soft male culture taking men today? So. Guy Cournot, in his book, Absent Fathers, Lost Sons, hmm. in a conference asked 21 men, who among you think you're a man? And no one put their hand up hmm. because they lost a sense of what it meant to be a man in a modern society, particularly in light of the criticism. The criticism by women uh, saying, you know, where are the men? One of my students wrote a paper. She said, women are becoming the men we want to marry. 
In other words, they're developing the education, the sense of self-identity, a certain set of goals in their lives. And as a result of the feminist movement, you see a lot of underachieving men not taking hold of the opportunities in education, in jobs, in establishing families uh, responsible for children. And so there is this acute dichotomy between men of traditional modern society itself, and then where are the men of this generation going? And of course, um, the women's movement has been very critical. In my course on men and masculinity, I say to the students, every idea is going to be shared. No putting down individuals because you disagree with them. Mm -hmm. But I would say this, that the majority of men in the class don't speak because they know that they've been in other courses in which their ideas have been discredited. And what we don't understand in society, there is a concept called misandry, the disrespect, the disregard, and the hatred of men. And Nathanson and Young have read, written a book, particularly about mass culture, the spreading of misandry, you can't laugh or criticize or question any other cohort in society but men. Mm -hmm. They're the ones you laugh at, tease, criticize. You'd never do it to a woman. There'd be no sitcoms. No, that's right. Nor advertising. Yeah. There's a sense in which, however, that influences a boy to think about his own identity what am I being told about myself? And therefore, how do I express myself? Mm -hmm. So Richard, what, what would you say uh, in answer to the question that you may have imposed? What is a man? Yes. Well, I'll uh, cite the work of Moore and Galat. They argue, and I think very refreshingly, that manhood is not unidimensional. It's multidimensional. And every man has got to recognize that within himself there's a king, a warrior, a wise man, and a lover. And so to mature into full manhood is to direct your attention to each of those areas. The most difficult one for most men today, I think, is to be a lover. How to give and receive love, because that deals with one area that men have been encouraged mm -hmm. to neglect, that's their emotional lives. Mm -hmm. So Sam Keane says in his book, Fire in the Belly, boys are, not, are taught not to cry. Therefore, men must learn to weep. And he argues that there are critical times in a man's life when suddenly all the pain and shame in your life comes to the surface mm -hmm. and you weep over who you are. Mm -hmm. Now, usually that happens about age 50. At 50, more of your life is behind you than ahead of you, although we are living into our hundreds. <laughs> but that, those mm -hmm. aren't the effective years. And therefore, men take stock of who are they. Mm -hmm. And what Sam Keane said is that on the death of his father, he suddenly started crying uncontrollably from the moment of the phone call until after the funeral but even beyond. Mm -hmm. And he had to examine, what is going on here? I'm a Harvard University professor. 
I am well-published. I'm a father. I have all these credentials, but my emotional life is mm -hmm. in disarray. And he said, I could tell you the basic assumptions of every 19th century philosopher than I could ever tell you what I was feeling. And when someone said, what are you feeling? He said, I didn't know what I was feeling. Mm -hmm. Anger, shame, mm -hmm. hurt. None of those had actually been explored. So in my own life, since I was uh, parented in part by an RCMP officer, I was taught at a very young age that boys don't cry, mm -hmm. suck it up, and do your duty. Doesn't matter what you feel. And so a lot of men are very cruel to their bodies. They get on to do things hour after hour when they should rest yeah. or take time for their mental health, et cetera, et cetera. So, Richard, the way I look at um, things is that whatever God intended for good has been ruined, right? So these uh, four dimensions of masculinity, what was the, uh, king, the king, the warrior, the wise man, the lover? lover. It's very interesting, and I think I've heard of that before, uh, but if those are do you believe that those are built into uh, the created order, that, that that's really designed by God, or is that a social construct? No, I think it's built by God. I think that's why Murin Galat said, mm -hmm. in every man there is a king, a warrior, a wise man, and a lover. And when you read the Bible, you see individuals who are raised up mm -hmm. to be kings, mm -hmm. sometimes kings and warriors, like King David. Mm-hmm. Wise men, the prophets, the scriptures of Proverbs, the Psalms. Okay, so if that's true of men, then it's not true of women? Like, is there another set? Because <laughs> I know most women would say those things, to some degree, are true of a, of a, of a godly woman, yes, right? Yes, they are. So is it the same but different? or And maybe we're talking about masculinity here, not femininity. Yeah, I know. But sometimes you, you know what one is by what it isn't. Correct. Well, I will just finish my thought. Did I interrupt you? That Jesus, okay. <laughs> Jesus was brilliant in that he knew exactly who he was. He also knew his mm -hmm. destiny. And therefore, he spoke with confidence. And he had courage. The times in the Bible that you see, if you like, an inadequate man wanting to hide, mm -hmm. that wasn't his format. Mm -hmm. And so, as you say, it is not to discount that women don't have some of these characteristics. In fact, that's, I think, is the objective of the women's movement, to make men irrelevant. We can do anything you can do. Mm -hmm. In fact, we can do it better. Mm -hmm. And okay. just watch us. Yeah. Now, when you watch them, this is the interesting thing. Most of them can't do what hegemonic men used to do. Mm -hmm. That is, be proactive, courageous, stoic, and all of those characteristics. And this is why Catherine Parker said, save the males, and why it's important to women. Mm -hmm. Because she's saying that masculinity has a contribution historically and contemporarily that women just don't mm -hmm. necessarily have. Mm -hmm. I don't want my favorite examples to be recorded, but there are those yeah. women who seek to do a man's job and suddenly they retire for family reasons. 
Mm-hmm. They move on to another position. No one said yeah. they made a mess. Now, okay, <laughs> do you, do you think that the those four divisions, yeah. <clears throat> if we're fallen, if if we are fallen creatures, then in what way would each of those be spoiled? Because we're still men. Yeah. We're created in God's image, and there is a masculine template. I agree that uh, we all deal with, but given that we've fallen. What would that? What would those things look like now? Well, Moore and Galak go on to explain it. <clears throat> they say there's, there's the tyrant, the king who becomes a tyrant, mm-hmm. and there's a king who's a weakling. Their job, historically, was to bring peace and tranquility to their kingdom, mm-hmm. but they don't do it, as you would say, in a. Um, Redeemed way. Because they become tyrants. That's right. Pharaohs and Caesars and that kind of thing. And um, going back to the wise men, there are people who withhold their wisdom. They know the answer, but they're manipulators. And so there are the fallen individuals who said, you know, I know what to do here, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to tell you. And then the warrior, they become the saddest, the masochist, Mm -hmm. who taking on the pleasure. Mm -hmm. My pleasure is to take my position of strength and use it for evil. And then the question of um, lovers, uh, the detached lover, who knows that this requires compassion, love, and sympathy. Now, if I can use an example from my father's life, my younger sister's husband died unexpectedly in his 50s. And at the funeral, of course, the whole family's gathered, but this particular individual was the bank manager in a small community. There was a two-hour waiting to get in. Mm. My father sat to one side, and he came up and stood beside me. And I think after the second mourner came, he said, I can't take this Mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. I got to sit down. Well, you know, if you had asked him to go out and shoot a grizzly bear, he would have done it. (laughs) But to show compassion, and it's very, very difficult sometimes when you're in positions of authority, how do you blend what is actually Mm -hmm. appropriate Mm -hmm. so it won't be Mm -hmm. misconstrued? But where are men learning to do this? Uh, My uh, son-in-law shakes my hand when I say goodbye. But he says to his two-year-old son, go give Grandpa Christie a hug. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I'm now going to get ready to say, now look, at if we're going to show Ellis how to right. give affection, I'm going to give you a hug. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to have to get used to your father-in-law yeah. not being as, being more expressive mm-hmm. than your father. Mm-hmm. So this modeling is so important. Do you think that this has been a problem in the church? Oh, yes. Um, the sexual revolution has created major problems yeah. about men's sexuality and women's sexuality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you have told us a lie. Mm-hmm. And Harvey Weinstein, Weinstein mm-hmm. believed the lie mm-hmm. and went tumbling from his position. But where do men learn to show and give love? Now, I have a few friends at this church who hug me. Richard, I'm just looking at the clock. We've extended our 15-minute time zone. 
we're going to have to continue this podcast in our next podcast. So can I just get you to hold that thought right there? We'll sign out. We'll sign right back in next week. Thanks for listening to us. I'm Bob McGregor, and I'm here with Andrew Noble, Andrew Noble, the silent one, (laughs) withholding his wisdom. And uh, Dr. Richard Christie, thank you for listening to us. We'll see you again next week. God bless you. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.